0: It's the Derek and Mike Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate you being here. Join us on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod. Or on our website, DerekandMike.com. My name is Mike. This is my boy, Derek.
1: What's up, Mike? What's up, everybody?
0: Derek, I'm bummed, man. Norm McDonald passed away this week. That was very sad. I know. You like Norm? I assume you did. We haven't talked about it yet. I, I, I'm i not surprised you like him, too.
1: Yeah, he was that great era of Saturday Night Live. You know, that, that era that was just completely funny.
0: yeah definitely the best weekend update host ever oh of course yeah and if not just like one of the best sketch comedians ever and he's one of those comedians where uh even when he's playing a character like he's still norm you know he's always norm and it's hilarious to see him dressed up in some ridiculous costume or playing some role because you know he'll walk onto a scene and he's obviously playing a role but it's just fucking norm you know yeah. And yeah. and he just brings his his like rise smart ass like deadpan style to everything he did. And it's almost like as soon as you see him come onto the come into the scene, it's just like, oh, oh shit, here he comes. You know?
1: Yeah, because you know what faces you're gonna see when he walks out onto that, that scene. You know, you're gonna yeah. see that that look like that smart ass look like okay. Like <laughs> smirk. Yeah, yeah the house <laughs> it's almost
0: like he's letting you in on the
1: joke the whole time he's making you laugh yeah no he he, he was just just iconic you know just uh, uh it's just so sad and yeah the weekend update i mean man i mean how many times have i seen that like, I and just... he
0: was just so great at it um and then other things dude like i never got to see him do stand up live bummed on that uh, I've seen some of I've seen quite a bit of his stand up and, and and it's just exactly what you would expect it to be. It's just totally norm. And uh, oh, I was just so funny. And I think he was kind of like one of those comedians that was like a comedian's comedian. Uh, it seems like all comedians. <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking. Uh It seems like all comedians like really liked him and really respected what he did because he was so unique and so just so funny and so different from from the norm. <laughs> yeah, there, there was there was nothing norm about Norm
1: to to be sure. It's true. It's I, I was watching a special that he did. I I want to say maybe ten years ago. Of course, ten years ago it just fe- sounds like a lifetime, but it doesn't doesn't feel that long ago. But yeah, he did a comedy special there, and I just remember like so his jokes were like so unique, where he would deliver the punchline, and I I I have a slow mind brain when it comes to getting this stuff like it took me a while to get it but when you get it it was like oh my that is so funny that oh you like, did have some of those yeah too where you'd listen to it and just go like
0: oh my god that's brilliant and insightful and hilarious and maybe it doesn't make you laugh out loud but
1: it totally makes you just go like
0: oh fucking great stuff
1: yeah i get what you're trying to do man and i didn't understand it until A minute after the joke but he's
0: smart and sharp and uh a little bit like subtle or understated or whatever um and i don't know that a lot of other comedians saying the exact same words could make stuff as funny as him or even funny at all like just him doing it his way made stuff extra funny uh his expression or his like you said like that kind of that half smile or that smirk coming through just norm coming through what he's saying just made it fucking extra potent uh it was awesome man james corden was was talking about him on on his show and he had given an example of a funny little quip that i guess during an interview norm kind of came up with this and james corden was like it really didn't seem like he prepared the bit at all he was just kind of talking off the cuff and and was talking about mickey mouse and how huge mickey mouse is and how big of a deal it is to see mickey mouse at disney world and when you're you, you when you see mickey mouse at disney world you're like oh kids there's mickey and you shove him over there and you're like oh go check it out mickey's like oh he's the greatest but when you see that exact same mickey mouse like at the gas station then you're kind of like holding your kids back going whoa 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 yeah no <laughs> jump over to
1: that guy yeah. it's, a, it's just a funny a funny norm thought yeah you know i it, it's Another thing is like, I'm trying to remember what characters he did, but I, you know, I, I think he was like in, I want to say maybe he was in Toonsis, the driving cat, uh, but, and he did some auxiliary characters, but I think his, he was just always that funny presence when he walked into the room. I just, it primed yeah. you in the mode to start laughing just because he was like, oh really? Yeah. Uh huh. Or or if there's like a totally like well put together skit
0: going on the whole thing and then all of a sudden like Norm MacDonald is playing (laughs) some some sideline character some superfluous part you're just like oh oh, fucking Norm he'll be a guy in the audience or whatever and you know he's just gonna say or do something hilarious smart ass. Yeah. He did play Bob Dole. Okay, Bob Dole. Remember yeah. Bob Dole? Remember mm-hmm. Bob Dole? He was famous. Everyone ripped on him because he spoke about himself like in the third person. Like, Bob Dole does not do this and Bob Dole does that. And uh, Norm nailed that one. And and I think he might have been a big reason why that was like a famous way to make fun of Bob Dole. And at some point, Bob Dole did that cool thing people do when they get ripped on on Saturday Night Live. And then they show up and they face the music and they, they take it like in person, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, Bob Dole showed up when Norm was doing Bob Dole,
1: and, and it was pretty funny. You know, I, I, I tend to remember, um, I think he's been on uh, Adam Carolla's show a couple times. Yeah, yeah, they were friends. Ish, right? Because I, this is kind of the thing with Adam, is that um, some every once in a while he has a tendency to turn on people. You're, have you noticed that? And then he kind of oh. like goes up against them, and he starts making fun of them, like, huh. personally almost. Okay. And uh, there was a couple, there was like one situation like that and Norm actually turned the tables around and he was like, you know, why do you feel like you have to talk, you know? And it was like, I mean, he really put him in, he he took control of the driver's seat and put him in, uh, in kind of an oh, awkward like, place. Like he just broke him down real quick. Yeah. He was like, you know, uh, oh, I, I think the... The one way he did it was like, you know, you're hypervigilant. And, you know, what can Adam say about that? He is hypervigilant. And uh-huh. it was like, um, so that kind of just um, took his guard down. And then um, Norm just kind of just went off on him and kind of dismantled him. Um, and it huh. was just, uh, yeah, it was an interesting um uh, back and forth if i'm remembering that correctly i, hope I do I remember
0: norm on his show a few times i don't remember anything that stuck out like that but he, anytime you ever heard him do any interview on radio or a podcast or see him on late night tv or whatever like he was always he was always good for something really funny something really insightful and just and just like raw fucking funny dude the guy was always always topical, always insightful. He always had something interesting in it. it, I'm sure he prepared bits, all good comedians do, but it always just felt like he was just out there riffing. Like he was just telling you what he thought and his thoughts were hilarious.
1: Yeah. That's, that's priceless right there. And that's kind of just, uh, yeah, that's a great gift to have. That's something that you need. Like if you're going to do a show like SNL. Oh yeah. You You know what I learned when I was, I was, I was Googling him after I heard he died and,
0: and, uh, They did like a a Wikipedia summary, which Wikipedia is pretty quick. It already says Norm was uh, a a Canadian comic. Like, I don't know whose job it is to go and update Wikipedia the moment someone dies. But whoever's job that is, they were they were working that day. Um, So I checked out Wikipedia and it was like Norm was a Canadian comic and this and that. And I guess he got one of his early starts as a writer. He was writing jokes on the Roseanne sitcom. I never knew that.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. 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 That just sounds like such different comedy than his personal brand of comedy but why not Roseanne was a huge show it was hilarious I used to like Roseanne and uh yeah I didn't know Norm wrote for that show
1: it's funny there was a um there's kind of a going theme at uh improv the improv studio that I would go to I I feel like I bring it up all the time but it, it it's kind of appropriate in this case there's there's two sectors of the improv theater you have the improvisers and you have the writers, and um, they would have, sometimes they would have, like, uh, writers do improv kind of thing, or, like, you know, and there was a lot of interchangeability between the two um, uh, types of people going from one class to another class, but, you know, it was, like, um, you definitely have a demarcation between the two personality types. It's, like, a writer is kind of this way, and a and uh, an improviser is a little more, I don't know, just, uh, I don't necessarily want to say free th- flowing, but, um, sometimes, you know, but, but there's okay. also a cross, you know, there, there definitely is like, a, sure. Some, a, are, a d- some are good at both or whatever.
0: Hmm mm-hmm. Um, so that's more of just a way to describe some improvisational comedians or actors or performers, because obviously there's no writing in improv, right? When in, in performed improv, there's no writing. Because it's all kind of on the fly, right? So you're kind of saying like out of all the people that are doing improv, some of them are more writer oriented and some are more
1: improv performer oriented. Yeah. Yep. That's right. right. Yeah. And I'm I'm more of an improv person. Yeah. I'm a little less. uh, I think, um, uh, I don't know if you believe in Myers-Briggs. Have you ever heard of the Myers-Briggs profile? No, but I believe in it wholeheartedly. Oh, okay, good. Um, but I am an INT. I actually was an INTJ, but then I have most recently taken tests, and I it seems like I've crossed over to an INTP. Oh my god! What do you think about? I was wondering what you thought about that. I'm floored. the the the
0: the the the, the difference between an I and a P is. Uh, J and dramatic, a, P. a J and a P. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh-huh. what I meant. Yeah. The difference between those two is so immense. I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around all that that entails. Well, I'm glad that we share
1: the same common um, thought about <laughs> that. <laughs> you're gonna have to break
0: it down, dude. I literally have zero idea. Yeah. What you're so a J, about.
1: the J means judgment, and okay. the, the P means perception. So right. if you're kind of gonna look at it, it's like the J is a little bit more reflective, and the P is a little bit more inflective. I don't know all maybe right. that's the wrong kind of way to say oh, it oh maybe right. the cricket can give me a little bit of background on that i don't know is that a cricket yeah i got a cricket in the background over here mm-hmm. you got a cricket hanging out in the man cave huh i think he's just outside the man cave just enough to oh. annoy me here yeah he's a loud motherfucking cricket yeah he is he is i huh. was wondering if he's gonna start cricking and he Do, did. you know
0: what's kind of funny dude is you told a joke in a sense, like you were telling something that that may have been funny, but it fell flat on me because I didn't know what you're talking about. And then, like literal crickets started chirping in the background.
1: <laughs> oh, you could! I was like, ah. yeah. Oh, that cricket's no, hilarious. No coincidences. We'll move on He's to good. the next subject. That that cricket is great at improv. <laughs> he is. Yes, I know. We're gonna have to give him a. I'm gonna have to like get a non-disclosure agreement from him here. He's yeah, it up over yeah. here. Holy shit. All right,
0: cricket. Yeah, the joke—the joke is funny. You can shut up now.
1: Your 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 uh contribution You're yeah. no has longer been made needed. It. You're not a normal McDonald, okay?
0: Yeah, you can go now. Go. Thanks. <laughs> How's the man cave coming, by the way? Have you done any big upgrades or
1: changed anything, or just kind of just kind of still man caving it? Yeah. No. Um. You know, I I don't know if I sent you that picture. I got a bar <laughs> in here no. <laughs> now. All cricket. I can hear is the fucking cricket. <laughs> oh man i was thinking like man do i try to deal with this guy here he's just going wild isn't he i think he's like he's stealing the mic is what he's doing he is loud as fuck he's not he's not sitting on your microphone he's outside (laughs) i don't know where he's at i'll be honest with you i don't know where you're never gonna find him yeah he could be be, i'm never gonna find him you're right you know what you need a lizard (laughs) There are so many salamanders around here. Are you kidding? They're all over the place. I mean, I live in kind of a uh, a rainforest almost, like a um, southern rainforest.
0: Salamanders. Okay. I know they're a lizard, but I don't know anything about them. Are they different than the lizards we have here in California? Like we have those little like brown desert lizards. I don't know what they're called. They're just lizards.
1: You okay. know, I, I can't be... I, completely honest like I don't know what the difference is the only thing that I know is that when I look at this thing it doesn't make me want to say lizard it makes me want to say salamander and so and it doesn't quite make me want to say newt because a newt I know is a little bit smaller and a little bit more just dinosaur looking so it's kind of between a a lizard and a newt so I think it's a salamander and he's kind of like Uh wet looking like he's they're, they're kind of slimy looking all right
0: yeah we need one of those right now a hungry one we need a hungry salamander to come in and
1: uh, oh wait a minute
0: I think the oh, salamander
1: I, may have just taken care of business no no I increased uh, the uh, the gate the threshold on the gate don't worry you, uh, you'll hear him every time that I'm talking here <laughs> little bastard <laughs> fucking little cricket bastard.
0: is loud dude my yeah. god I know. I know holy shit all right we're just yeah. gonna power right through this cricket yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anyway you were talking about your man cave have you done any big changes or anything uh
1: you know what let me oh let me... Uh, man did you just chuck something at him? i did I, I did i threw my <laughs> almond bag at him now my almonds <laughs> are over there so if i'm hungry for an almond i can't have one and he stopped for a second but damn it he's just he's he just, he just like don't be chucking nutsacks at me Oh, you know what? He's out back. Wait, one second. Watch. Oh, man.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not happening, dude. He's mad at me. He's going to get revenge now. He knows we're doing a podcast. He's he just does. like,
0: fuck you, dude. I am taking this center stage. I'm, I'm a part of the show today, man.
1: Yeah, man. That's so annoying. Wow. wow. He, is, he is loud as fuck. Should I try to deal with this guy? Is it going to be like... <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm kind of having fun listening to you chuck things at him
0: and <laughs> <laughs> kick the garage door. <laughs> you know what? I
1: bet if I lift the garage door up, let me do this. All right. Open the garage I door up. Not, See if that fixes I'm this cricket problem. We're, we're I can't
0: focus. Crap.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, my God.
1: He's trying to... I think he's kind of being quieter now.
0: What else eats I'm crickets?
1: Having... Um, <laughs> Snakes and rats
0: and... Snakes. All right. All right. All <clears> right. <throat> Do you got a lot of snakes there? Have I got one any?
1: snake here. Yeah. I got one snake. Oh, just one. Well, one that I know of. Yeah, oh. he lives on the side of the man cave over here. I don't even know where he lives. You, um, did, you, did you like name him or what's your relationship with the snake? I've named him Honey, he's not gonna hurt us. Oh, alright. That's yeah. loud and inconvenient. You gotta yeah. shorten that down to like uh Fred. Yeah, well cuz I feel like every time I talk about the snake it's it's with Megan and I'm telling him telling her honey he's not going to hurt us. I,
0: I take that uh stance a lot with like spiders. We don't really get snakes. I mean we have snakes in California, but they pretty much stick to uh um, you know deserty kind of areas and we live in a track home. So there's not a lot of snakes running around. I haven't seen one at our house yet, but we do get spiders. Yeah. And uh lizards, a lot of lizards. And we get lizards in the garage sometimes because I leave the side garage door open a lot. When I work out in the garage early wow. in the morning, I like the side door open so I get cold, fresh air. And uh, early, early bird lizards just kind of cruise right in and make themselves at home, right? Yeah. So we find lizards in the garage all the time. And my wife kind of goes like, oh, my God, there's a lizard in the garage, you know, as if I'm going to do something. I'm like, yeah, good. They eat bugs. Like, he's fine. He's not hurting anything. Uh, I want him in there. She's like, I don't want a fucking lizard in the garage. I don't want to step on him when I'm going out into the garage fridge to, like, get something or whatever. And I'm always like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll shoo him out or whatever. But I never do. I don't mind them. I kind of like him in the garage. Yeah, and I don't think
1: he's going to let you step on him. Uh, I think that's the last thing are, he wants.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's not just going to hang around and hold his ground. I mean, I'm sure he recognizes that you're a lot bigger and uh, he's going to lose that battle. So it's kind of like a like a, a bicyclist, you know, yielding to a, a, a semi-truck, um, you're going to want to get out of the way because you're not going to win that standoff,
1: you know? Yeah, and that, that's what I tell my wife, too. I'm like, you know, this snake, all he wants to do is eat, like, the rats. Like, and and he's pretty big, I think. I, I've never seen him, okay? I've only ever seen the skin that he shedded before. Oh, And he he sheds it on the side of the house over here, and that's how I know. And I have asked the guy that mows the lawn here to, um, boy, he's just going at it, dude. <laughs> he's just going at it, isn't he? <laughs> Little fucker. Um, I have asked the guy, like, yeah, I think he's trying to fuck with me now. I feel like I'm being attacked right now. Um, I'm not, I, there's two of them. Are they, in, are they like in synchronicity here?
0: Maybe they're doing their own podcast. It's the fucking, it's the Cricket and Cricket podcast.
1: What makes him, like, do you really want to mate that bad? I guess he's just, he's jonesing, huh?
0: I thought they only did their cricket noise at, like, night. I never really hear crickets during the day, but at our house, dude, crickets come out. As soon as the sun goes down, they're all over the sidewalks. They're fucking everywhere. And uh, they're nowhere near as loud as your bucket mouth crickets. But um, (laughs) Well, he's
1: like, I think he's like five feet away from me. I think he's like, (laughs) on the other side of this. (laughs) Damn you, dude.
0: Oh, oh my God this oh. is fantastic <laughs> so the snake dude on the side of your man cave the snake sheds his skin like often I, I thought that happened like once a year I don't know anything about snakes obviously, but it's more than that
1: no no it's not often it's it is okay. uh infrequent um but I, right. I've seen it twice um so and it's it's over here on this side and uh yeah one was one was kind of big it was like a big shed and um Huh. When we first moved in here, we had a, a wallpaper guy who was like putting a wallpaper up and he would, he liked to come early in the morning. So he would get here like at six in the morning. And he told me one time he was like, yeah, I was walking out there and I saw a big black snake, like just go right across the front porch. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, how big? He's like big. And I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. So he's the resident rodent eater around here. I, think. I would be totally cool with a non-poisonous snake in my yard. Yeah, that's what he is. He's just a non-poisonous snake. He wants nothing awesome. to do with us. No, no, uh, no. You're you're like you're an impediment to what he's trying
0: to do. He's going to avoid you as much as possible. He'll even learn your behavior and avoid you when you might be out doing your thing. He's like, "I'll operate outside of your hours. I'll work around
1: you." That's right. Yeah, he's just after he's just after those uh Yeah yeah Yeah. no
0: coexist man totally uh with with you know obviously if it was like a a poisonous snake uh you don't want that hanging out in the yard with your daughter running around or even yourself you know so uh that's bad news you want to get rid of that guy but any non-poisonous snake i'd be totally cool with my wife i'm sure would feel the same as megan like um get the fucking snake out of the yard and i'd be explaining the same thing honey they're not going to hurt us they're helping us they're eating rodents they are uh keeping rodents from ever even deciding to try to move into our property. Uh, they're a deterrent and a friend.
1: That's should, kind of funny. Should... Yeah, they, ha- they have some sim- similarities that way, don't they? Oh, yeah. Like, I think I, kind a... of grown up in a... Um, they both grew up in a nice environment. Like, they, they weren't lacking anything.
0: Well, okay, so Sarah's dad is like Mr. Nature, and she has stories of him finding snakes because they used to live like kind of in a hilly uh canyony kind of an area that had a lot of wildlife and he would get super excited if he found a snake and he wouldn't hurt them but he would try to go catch them or you know wrangle them or whatever like get a stick and try to shoo them out of the garage or do whatever but he was not afraid of them he enjoyed them being around and he's still that way with any wildlife he comes across he's very naturey and uh, so she's been exposed to that her whole life. An abundance of nature and a reverence and a and a desire to interact with nature on her dad's part ever since she was a baby. Um, but she still has zero interest in the snake being in in her property. Um even yeah. when we're out on a walk or whatever, she'll see a hole or something like that in some little side thing on the side of a house, and there'll be like a hole there, and she'll be like kind of like, Oh, Michael, you know, our, our son, don't don't go walk over there. You know, a snake lives in there. And uh I always like to remind her that snakes can't dig holes um they have no arms they don't (laughs) dig they they find holes and then live inside them so that hole that you're pointing to is probably inhabited by like a ground squirrel or something that can dig but uh probably not a snake
1: I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that she probably, well, let me rephrase this. If a mouse or a rat was in your house, that is not going to ever be an acceptable situation. That is going to be an immediate, urgent situation. That
0: is absolutely time to call a professional in. Um, And I'd be on board with that. I do not like rodents. Um, I think they're cute. Mice are cute. I don't have any problem with them but uh, I don't want them running around the house, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't uh, either, but I, maybe I should rephrase that. There's going to be a scream. Is there going to be a scream? Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think
0: I would get startled if I saw a mouse or a rat, especially a rat. I I, I, I guess there's physically uh, or or I guess technically not a giant difference between a mouse and a rat, like, I don't know, dirt-wise or germ-wise or disease-wise or whatever they're kind of the same thing just one's bigger and uglier uh but i picture a rat as much more terrifying and scary and gross um, than like a little cute uh, i I would probably scream Ah. probably like a girl yeah i might i might shriek (laughs) but then i would quickly compose myself and then be like okay okay all right everyone just relax let's deal with this situation but my initial response would probably be "Eek!" how do you go get the flamethrower yeah (laughs) oh man You know what that reminds me of, dude, is um, I I really like this scenario and it happens at my house a lot is my wife is very clean. She doesn't like things that get kind of cross-contaminated or dirty. And one big thing she hates is flies in the house and and the idea that flies are going to land on our food or even worse, like our babies eating utensils, like their cups or their bowls or their spoons that are kind of stored in this little like drying tray thing that's up on the counter. Uh, yeah. if flies get in the house she is instantly concerned that flies are going to touch the kids stuff or land on our food and something must be done about these flies at once so, Especially one of
1: those big green poop flies
0: the, dude our dogs we have like really old dogs that uh poop a lot <laughs> i guess all dogs poop a lot but the old part of it means that it's like super runny like like crap all over this all over the patio dude. They don't even go uh, out in the grass all the time. So there's always like gross old dog poop on our patio and all that. it's It's really glamorous. but poop flies are abundant in our backyard uh, all the time. And yeah, they're those big, giant green ones that were just born on a turd. You know? <laughs> just, just,
1: just yeah, those gross. are just, disg- they're disgusting. I, we had those in LA, like in droves. Like, I don't know what yeah. was happening in LA, but like LA just seems to be like swarmed with flies like the last shit. couple of years. Yeah, a lot of oh, shit yeah. there. Yeah.
0: A lot of shit, man. There's a lot of shit and uh, a lot of flies being born. The birth rate is, is uh, incredibly high among those shit flies. And um, when we get him in the house, uh, I love this. It makes me feel like a man. Sarah goes, Mike, there's a fly in the house. Get your gun. <laughs> okay.
1: and, oh, yeah, you go. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I, I just love it because, yeah, I don't use a standard <laughs> swatting fly swatter. I
0: have a salt shotgun. And uh, I should just plug these guys. It's Oh, God, what are they called? I'm going to look them up, dude. So, anyway, I have this um, salt shotgun that you literally get to pump like a real shotgun. It's got this very satisfying... And it loads a charge of regular table salt into the chamber. And you take aim. It's like, a, it's like a home security style shotgun shape where it's got like a pistol grip. And it's got, you know, the full-blown shotgun shape. It feels like a fucking shotgun. And you're hunting. You're hunting around the kitchen and waiting for the fly to land. And then it buzzes by your face. And you go, oh, there it goes. And you follow it over here by the refrigerator. And then you lose sight of it. And you're hunting again. And then it catches your eye again. And then it lands on something. You're like, oh, Yeah. Here we go. Raise the shotgun up. Boom. Discharge a full load of freaking Morton salt right upon that motherfucker and (laughs) blow him to pieces. And there is nothing more satisfying than hunting flies in your kitchen with a salt
1: shotgun. And then, (laughs) and you got your wife's permission. And,
0: oh, dude, I mean, she's standing there just like, get him, Mike, get him, Mike, shoot him, he's right there on the trash can. Like, something like, oh, he's on the edge of the counter, get him, get him. And you finally shoot him, and he fucking falls dead on the ground, and your wife's just like, oh, yeah. And she'll even tell my boy, like, oh, daddy got him, you know, this kind of thing. And I just get to stand there with a shotgun in my hand. In my mind, the gun is smoking. I'm just standing there with a smoking gun in my hand, just feeling like a fucking man and a protector and everything that I'm supposed to be, just like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I got him, baby. You're holding up the, the shotgun fly. in one hand. You're holding. You're, you have the leg of the fly in the other hand. You're holding <laughs> him up like, hey, I got him. Like, <laughs> totally, totally. I am not a hunter,
0: and I do not. Uh, I do not revel in killing at all. I have no interest in in hunting
1: for fun. But flies, I get a
0: lot of pleasure out of hunting flies with my salt shotgun.
1: I remember that time you, me, and uh, somebody was in your garage. I think maybe Fingers was in there, and. uh Fingers of all people with that salt shotgun. There was like an enormous uh, mosquito or something in there. And man, oh, you yeah. guys, you guys are just like, <laughs> that thing took like multiple shots, dude. That thing wasn't uh, like going away in one shot. You had, you hit him like four or five times. Some mosquitoes
0: are tough, uh, which makes sense. They've been around since the beginning of time. Uh, mosquitoes and cockroaches are basically going to outlive us all, right? Yeah. Um, they outlive the dinosaurs, but. Mosquitos do take quite a few shots. You just keep on uh, ch- just,
2: and,
0: uh just keep on pumping this thing. What in the hell? Well, sorry, I got something playing in the background. Boy, we're fucking this show all up. Uh <laughs> but um yeah, dude, uh, the mosquitos take quite a few shots. And you just keep pumping them and pumping them and boom, you blow them out of the sky and then they get back up and they start flying again and and uh, eventually you just you blow enough of their wing material off that they can't fly that well and then you usually have to like swat them with a magazine or something cuz the salt shotgun is powerful but a mosquito is uh is a tough customer
1: so it's like one of those male mosquitoes right those big male mosquitoes that we're talking about not the little yeah. ones like with little one i mean if that yeah, load hits one... them they're just going to disintegrate Some of them do, and those tiny little moths, like those little,
0: like, moths that fly around lights, not the big ones, but the tiny moths, like, if you hit one of those, their bodies are particularly soft, and when I hit one of those with the salt shotgun, they they just come apart, dude, I mean, all over the place, and uh, um, I do feel bad about moths, I don't know why, but I differentiate moths from other things, well, A, like, mosquitoes, they're carrying fucking bird flu or whatever like fuck them i'll shoot them and not feel bad about it at all i'll blast yeah, they're gonna them bite and,
1: you too they're like you yeah, know they're gonna yeah. bite you if they got a chance yeah they're gonna bite
0: my kids so like my my uh my my parent protector instinct starts coming out and I'll, I'll blast a mosquito out of the sky no problem same with poop flies no remorse but moths i do feel a little bit bad about moths and if i can just chase them out the door i will um you can't catch a moth if you ever get to where you can get a hand on a moth you're gonna you are going to you're gonna crush his wings. You're gonna fuck him up. He's not okay after catching a moth. Um,
1: in 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 most cases, so yeah, um, moth, moths are just like light stupid. You know, if frazzled. there's a light there, I'm it's oh, going after yeah. the light. It's gonna run into the light. It's gonna bang into the light four hundred times until yeah. it realizes, realizes like that light is uh, not penetrable. And then you just
0: flick it off, and they're like, "Where to go?" where to go? Where's the light? It was just here. Oh, no. Now I don't know where to go.
1: Oh, I, wonder, I just looked yeah. it up.
0: Salt oh. shotgun is called Bug Assault. Bug-a-salt. Bug Assault. Bug
1: um, Assault. Is that the these guys one are... to get?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't know of any assault. others. Maybe, maybe oh, okay. there's knockoff brands or whatever, but these guys uh, are doing the Lord's work, and they have <laughs> invented an incredible weapon for fly annihilation. And, uh, ooh, it looks like they just put out a new Bug Assault 3.0 Assassin Edition. Hmm. Ooh. I think I'm buying that motherfucker. Look at that shit. Yeah. Does it All hook right. up to your phone or something? No, no, it's just more powerful. Uh, it looks like just, just the new version. I don't know. It's probably, probably the exact same with a different name, but that's cool. I'll buy it. Yeah, I I'm going to have to
1: look into that. Man, I'll be the hero of my house.
0: I swear to God, Derek, there is nothing better than when your wife goes, ah, fly, get your gun. You're like, I got this. I'm going to get my
1: gun. I'm going get, <laughs> to get go my get my gun, it. woman. I'm yep. going to go get it.
0: I love it. I love it. It makes me feel like a man. And uh, yeah, blow those flies out of the air. I've even shot a few out of the air. Most of them are off like the rim of the trash can or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's satisfying. Then there's always this kind of thing where the fly chooses to land on a bad a bad area, like a not not a good kill zone. Like they'll land on, um, well, like, like land on my wife, like on her shoulder or something, Ooh. and I've got the gun. I'm yeah. just like, okay, okay, honey, don't move. She's like, no, no, don't shoot him on <laughs> me. Or he'll land like on the counter right in front of a, a salad bowl. And she'll be like, don't shoot him there, you know, because I'm just going to blow fly bits into the salad. So that's no good. Uh, you got to wait for the right opportunity when he lands in a good clean kill zone and uh uh the rim of the trash can is a good one i do have one good story that i don't know if i can i can describe the perfection of this scenario and i was alone it was one of these things where everything went great and it was incredible and if i had caught it on video i would have been able to sell it for a million dollars to national geographic but i was alone with no camera oh so you tell. I just, I just got the fly gun. It was brand new. And I was around my trash cans on the side yard where plenty of poop flies are hanging out by the trash cans and, uh, they were everywhere. So I was just having fun shooting flies with my brand new salt shotgun. They weren't bugging me. They weren't in the house. I was kind of being a dick, just shooting flies for yeah, the fun of it. You're looking right?
1: for trouble. Uh-huh.
0: I was, I was, I was looking for flies for no reason <laughs> other than I got this new salt shotgun. I
1: want yeah. to go blow away
0: some flies. Right. Right. And, uh, so I was standing on, on the, Uh, side yard shooting flies off the trash cans and then the opportune moment happened okay so my trash cans butt right up against a little hill on the side of my yard that's covered in ground cover and these spiders put big webs across the ground cover um and they're all over the place but there was this one really big spider web spread out across the ground cover right behind the trash can and A fly landed in the perfect spot on the handle of the trash can and the line of sight from me to that fly to the spider web was directly behind him. And I just saw this opportunity like, oh, my God, I'm going to shoot this fly and he's going to blow directly backward right into this spider web. And let's see what happens. Pumped the fucking shotgun aimed shot him dead center and hit the fly right between the eyes, right? Or right between all 40 of his eyes and nailed him. And he flew directly back, hit that spider web. And in a flash, a spider, a giant fucking spider zoomed out, grabbed that little fly, zoom, 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 wrapped him up really quick and then disappeared back into his little hole inside the spider web in an instant. It was incredible. I was like, Oh my God, that was amazing. Wow, And, uh, it, and i was alone and it was one of those where i saw it it was incredible and i looked around like oh my god who saw that who who is here to attest to the um, incredible shit that just happened and no one was there i was alone um, well you weren't
1: alone you were with the spider
0: i was with the spider the spider knows what's up imagine the, the meal saw. for him a oh. fresh salted fly like salted. i seasoned his meal <laughs> i think mean, that was the best day ever I mean, for yeah him. He's what, like... what does he want a silver platter I mean, man. I mean, shit, I blew it into his web. I salted it for him, and he he didn't waste any time. He was just like, I'll take it, zip, 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 got it.
1: That is so funny. That is so it was, cool. It,
0: it was the coolest, man. And, uh, of course, there's. I, I just kept trying to do it over and over again. There was still a giant spider web right there and flies everywhere, but I couldn't do it again. I don't know how many more times I tried to shoot a fly into the web. It, it never worked out again. Uh, but that one first shot was... A perfect opportunity and a perfect shot and perfect timing and yeah i'll remember that forever yeah no that's
1: can't replicate things like that no no so that cricket's still there he's still doing his thing oh is he i have my uh my gate turned up quite high right now, so I'm sure it's (laughs) sacrificing my low end. Let me turn it down a little bit so you know that I'm here. So you know my microphone is so good, actually. Let me turn it down there, except except he's ruining it for me. Oh, man. I know. He's a part of the show today. This little salt shotgun, um, I'm sorry, Cricket, but dude, like, I might have to get one for you because we can't share the same space. I imagine yeah. one of these bug assault
0: salt, salt shotguns would not do much to a cricket. Crickets are pretty robust. I mean, they've got like a—do they have an exoskeleton? Yeah, they do. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, they're 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 pretty hard. So I think yeah. the best you're going to do there is just piss them off. Uh, I mean, anybody getting shot with salt uh, is going to be pissed. I mean, that might it be okay though,
1: because I don't necessarily want to kill him. I just want him to yeah. shut up. And as I speak, he's getting louder. Like this is like I think he's toying with me right here. This is like every time he somebody... hears you talk, he's just like blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> yeah, I swear he is. Blah, blah, I swear blah, blah, he blah, is. Blah, blah, blah I'm not another cricket, dude. I'm not, and you're not welcome to be on air with me. Oh man. Uh, okay. He's a, he's just taking liberties. He's
0: injecting himself into the show. He's a part of it now. He is. This he is, is the man. Derek and Mike and Cricket podcast today. Yeah, I want to find him so bad. Oh my find God, him. that's fucking funny. Do you get a lot of flies there?
1: Yeah, we do. Yeah. But they're not the big shit flies. Um, And they're not the small shit flies either. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, we don't get a whole lot of flies. But, you know, we do have a fly that's in the fly kingdom that is most unwelcome in my book. But they tend to like this place because I maybe because we have a pool and there's water here, but the horse fly. You ever seen one of those bitches? Um they're huge, aren't they? Fucking huge. Yes. And they're yeah. not like uh they don't have the brain of like a stupid fly. Like they oh. they have um aggression in them a little bit and they have uh like if you mess with them, they want to get you back. Like they they're not like they're vindictive. Yeah, they're vindictive. If if you swat at wow. one of these flies, they will bite you. They will bite They're just like, oh, really? All right, it's on. And I was a hero one time because uh, Megan was in the pool and a horsefly, big old horsefly, like first it was on the umbrella and I kind of got it away from the umbrella and then it landed on her head. And then she swatted at it. And I was like, (laughs) and as she's swatting at it, I was like, no, don't swat at it.
0: No, don't piss him off. Just let him land on your head.
1: Just, he'll figure it out. He's not going to want to, he'll, he won't bite you. So she swats at him. He flies off and she's in the shallow end of the pool. I'm sitting on a chair and I'm waiting for it because I know how vindictive these fuckers are. He starts laying it back. He lands back. The moment he lands on her shoulder, I know he's going to bite her. I jump. I dive out of my chair. I dive hands and head first towards her, and I swat at the thing, and then I duck her and duck under the water, and I stopped her from being bit by this horsefly, and I'm very proud of it. But she has no idea what happened because she doesn't know that horseflies bite.
0: Oh, I didn't even know horseflies bite. Oh, yeah, they bite. Mm -hmm. Wow. Huh. Did they do they have like a mouth or how do they bite? Do they
1: have like mandibles? I have never researched it. I've only been bitten by a horsefly, maybe oh. maybe just one time. I mean, that's when you get so bit you've by got a horse, flies yeah. that bite, dude. No one needs a salt shotgun
0: more than you. Fuck, man, my poop flies are just annoying. They don't bite me. Yeah, they but just for land on my son's
1: spoon for a vindictive fly though. Like I yeah. don't know. He might like. Oh, I, I need to be ready. I need like you know, one in the chamber and like 12 underneath, you know, I I can't be like reloading there. You know, I got to, no,
0: no, no, dude, this, this salt shotgun has like a little, um, a chamber or like a reservoir. You fill it with salt, just normal table salt. And so it's a little, a little, a little, um, a little thing with a lid on it. You fill that up with salt, close the lid. And then that's good for, I don't know how many hundred shots I refill that thing very rarely. And I use my salt shotgun a lot. So you fill up the chamber, uh, and you just pump away. So all you do is full blown, like shotgun pump, and that loads a little charge of salt into the chamber. And then pow, you just, you can just pump and shoot over and over and over again. It's like a single shot shotgun, uh pump shotgun. You can just pump away hundreds of times, plenty to, um, uh, protect you and your family from biting horse flies. I'm going to have to get know, one of those. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, dude. Bug assault. Uh, what, well, what about wasps? Wasps are the big thing oh, here. Like those, ooh. yeah, you don't want to piss well, off a wasp either, really. Man. Dude, the tough
0: part about wasps, too, is they don't land a lot. They stay airborne for the most
1: part, right? I mean, it's pretty rare that mm. you see a wasp landed. Uh, wasps have issues with um, sometimes recognizing us as people sometimes. So it's like... uh uh, it's it's a pool thing. You get out of the pool. and I think they're like looking for water, and they don't want to land in the pool because then they're going to die. But they want water, and you have water on your body, and you might have water like on the ground outside the pool. So like, um, that's kind of the situation I think the wasps are in. They're like looking for water, huh. but looking for an easy way to get it where they don't die. Huh. So I do all see right. them in all kinds of situations here.
0: Yeah. Huh you get big wasp nests under your like a uh, house eaves and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. You got to kind of watch for it. And, uh, um, they don't generally, they're not generally in places where people are, you know? So, but when we did buy this house, like I was looking for the cable box on the side of, of the house and I found it. So I, it was hooked up by a wire. Like somebody took like a, um, 12 gauge wire and kind of like looped it through this hole and kind of like closed the cable box but it wasn't closed all the way so i'm going in and i'm looking at it and uh esme's there and megan's there and i open up that cable box and i open up uh, about three or four wasp nests in there immediately and they just start buzzing and flying out and i'm telling you i have never like there was no conscious effort here. Like I scream like a girl, um, which, <laughs> which, uh, which, which. We're uh, we're
0: both admitting to some, some super uh, bitch like behavior here. I'm screaming when I see a mouse. you screaming when you see a wasp. All right, I, was, I was like, I'm I was you. like, ah.
1: I don't know what I did, but I screamed like a girl. Uh, Esme thought it was hilarious. <laughs> she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Megan thought it was hilarious and the next thing i remember is i was about 25 feet away uh on the other side of the yard um did not get stung
0: oh nice
1: yeah did not get stung
0: um yeah dude wasps are one of those creepy ass creatures that hey can really fuck you up i don't want to get stung by a wasp so i'm not afraid of them but I do try to avoid them. And if they're, if they're flying around me, I'm, I'm, I'm running. I'm, I'm getting the hell out of there. I'm not just going to stand around and wait for him to sting me. Whereas with a bee, I do, do I do generally just kind of chill. And, and I'm like, Hey, if you don't swat, swat at them, uh, then, you know, they'll be fine. Don't, don't just don't mess with them. And, uh, they'll, they'll fly away. But wasps, I don't want any part of any wasp. And, they always build their homes and like super safe for them, which is smart, but super like concealed areas. So like under an eave of a house or yeah, like around your cable box or whatever, where you just don't expect them to be or somewhere where you don't go that often so you go and you're like oh man i gotta open up this panel i haven't opened up in three years and you go and you open it up and like oh fuck there's a giant wasp nest no. in it yeah yeah surprise and they're everywhere and pissed off and you're just like oh no and you're barefoot because you were just swimming in the pool so you got no shirt on and you're barefoot <laughs> like oh no i'm super vulnerable like oh fuck
1: yeah no that's uh, that's always the way it works out i got stung by a wasp about um a couple months ago um in between the toes Oh, really? Did you step on one? Yeah, I did. Uh. I stepped on him. It was like in between not my pinky toe and that next toe, but the next toe and then the middle toe. I stepped on him there and when I stepped on him, I felt him right there in the just surrounded, being strangled by my two toes there. And then the next thing you know, I just get a massive owl right in between the middle. Yeah, that you know, that real soft part between your toes and it hurt like hell never like webbing. hell. oh that's some pussy yeah. skin right there mm-hmm. too man yeah, oh, it, yeah. It, it hurt like hell um and uh but it went away in about five minutes or so you know but it it was kind of traumatic though i mean man. it wasn't it definitely wasn't pleasant
0: uh dude i've heard i've heard i've never seen and i don't know if it's true but i think it's true that wasps can repeatedly sting you so like one bee is going to sting you once and then they die right because when they sting you it like rips out their guts or whatever yeah um so a bee really has to want to sting you and i think that's part of my logic where i'm just kind of like yeah he's not going to sting me i'm not doing anything to him and for me it's an inconvenience for him it's a last act so i'm gonna i'm gonna let him just you know uh do his thing and and i'm gonna trust that he doesn't want to die for nothing so i'll leave the bee alone but the wasp uh, stinging me is not a death sentence for him. And I think he can sting me a bunch of times and, uh, I don't want any part of that shit.
1: Yeah. Now I do think wasps they're smart. They are smart. Uh, little creatures. Yeah, they're assholes too. Um, they're assholes. If you're assholes asshole to them, too. like yeah. if you're assholes to them, they, like they, they will stand their ground more so than like a bee. Well, if like, you're an
0: asshole and you accidentally open your cable box panel on the side of your house, Oh shit, there's wasps. Like to them, that's, them's fighting words but to you you're just trying to check your cable box
1: yeah well i mean those are their babies right there right so they got well, their babies and their, their eggs right there you know so they're like defend that by all means and i'll tell you one other story because i got stung by a wasp when i was i think in second grade and i remember it vividly because i was playing we we lived in some apartments and i was playing with a friend and uh we had cars and somehow our car, my car, my little toy car, got um, thrown right underneath the wasp nest. And when it was thrown hmm. underneath the wasp nest, then um, I I had to get it. I was like, no, I'm going to go get this thing. So I, I, as I'm going to get it, a wasp stung me right in my earlobe. <laughs> I know. It's so weird, right?
0: <laughs> what? Now now here's here's the thing. Here's oh, the thing. Now I
1: know I know you you know um That sounds like you, a joke. Be like, it man, does. I'm gonna sting you in your earlobe. But see, I, I do think there's intelligence though with with uh wasps though, because and I'll tell you why. Because you know, I, I, I also think that a lot of times that um other species or whether that's insects or whatever, I know definitely with like cats and dogs, they see they can see when there's a young person there. They know the mm-hmm. age of that uh, individual or yeah. organism. They they know the age of that organism. Okay. And and I'm gonna take a uh, a leap and I'm gonna say that wasps also understand the age of an organism, and to sting somebody in their earlobe is really kind of the the most uh, benign place that you can sting somebody. Okay. All right. So you're saying he was, I, he was I'm like, per... I'm going
0: to fuck this kid up, but I'm not going to kill him or really hurt him. Yeah. I'm just going to teach him a lesson. I'm going to sting him in that little meaty part that hangs down off that, that ear. And uh, it sounds like a pretty cool thing to do. Uh, wasp sounds like a, a good guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm... he could have just not stung you. That would have been more cool. Yeah. But, yeah. But I mean, I was very close to that nest and, you know, I, I don't know. It's just the story I tell myself, but I like to believe that. I do think that uh, other creatures have intelligence that we may not quite understand. Have you ever used wasp spray? No, but I've had to buy it because um when have you ever. Yeah. Go ahead well just when we had that cable issue we had to get the contractor the wasp spray i mean what can we do that's a guaranteed trip to the hardware
0: store just like nope we uh we're gonna need to get into our cable box so um yeah you need wasp spray yeah what's incredible about wasp spray is it's kind of hard to say wasp spray is how far the jet stream of that spray liquid shoots i mean it shoots like 30 feet or whatever. I mean, which is great because you don't want to be anywhere near a wasp nest when you fucking hit it with some poison, right? Yeah. Like, especially, like, high-velocity projectile poison, which is so forceful, you can normally, like, knock a wasp nest off the eaves of your house just with the with the strength of the spray. So it's poison, and it's coming at them so fast it blows their house off the eaves, and everyone's dying and choking to death of, of fucking... Uh, you know um chemical warfare basically and there are some (laughs) pissed off wasps flying through the air and all the all the strongest most militant wasps are the first ones out like okay who fucking just ruined our colony and luckily i'm 30 feet away because that shit shoots really far and you got time to like run back in the house and close the sliding door before they all find you um at least that's the hope and uh yeah yeah shooting a wasp nest with that wasp spray is fun
1: and terrifying and uh in all ways exciting. It's exhilarating, yeah. You I remember have... when I um, I was a teenager and I moved to California and Dad, like, they had wasp nests. I, I have trouble saying that, too. It's kind of funny how huh? wasps, wasps nests. <laughs> you have to really enunciate it. It's a wasp <laughs> nest. Yeah, wasps nest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had a pellet gun and he was like, okay, me and Debbie are going to leave and... Whatever you decide to do with that pillow gun, it's is really up to you. I don't care. We're you gonna know. leave. We're gonna go yeah. into
0: the safety of the house. You stand yeah. out here, totally exposed and vulnerable, and shoot that wasp nest.
1: Yeah. Well, they they left for a little time being, and I don't know if uh, and <laughs> I think Debbie listens to the podcast, so she's gonna hear this now. She may <laughs> not. She's gonna correct you. Be like, oh, that's not how the story went. She may not know that. She may not. She might not know <clears throat> that I was shooting the wasp nest or not. I don't know. Um, but my dad when he came home, like. He said he just saw wasps just flying around the entire house, just all over the place. So he's like, Oh, yeah, Derek shot the lobdes down. Oh, yeah, he knew it. I got them all. I got them all. You Um, shot them with pellets? Yes. You shot wasps with pellets? So it was under the easement of the roof, like a little overhang, right? Yeah, so that's where they were. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the backing of that, it was two stories, and the backing of that was wood. Wow. So it was kind of an easy shot, you know, yeah. I would just, you know, shoot up there and the pelts would stick in the wood. So it wasn't that bad. Yeah. They're not but... ricocheting everywhere. And yeah. Yeah. I, wow. I them. Yep. Uh-huh. Imagine being a
0: wasp. I mean, a small wasp, you're, you're, you're a hell of a warrior. You're a strong wasp. And, um, in any normal, normal circumstance, you can hold your own. But then a chunk of lead, a pointed chunk of lead, comes flying at you at a thousand feet per second, and the size of that lead pellet compared to a wasp body is like, oh fuck. That'd be like you getting shot with a pointy cannonball or something, you know? Just like, oh well that's not fair. Oh man. Yeah, I'm that's sure it wasn't
1: wasn't pleasant. kind of overkill. Yeah, it was uh it was rather extreme, I would say. Yeah. And yeah. um you know, you're close. It wasn't 1000 feet per second. It was 900 feet per second. Uh-huh. Um this one pellet gun I had. Oh, so
0: that was a pump pellet. That wasn't a brake a brake action. Oh no, it was gun. a
1: brake be- barrel, yeah.
0: Oh, I thought the brake barrels were like all over 1000.
1: Uh they can be. Um all you right. have some that are down to like in the 700s, I think, and then you have all some right. that are like up to 1300, you know, and right. um yeah. So Derek's out there shooting wasps with his really shitty low budget oh no no it wasn't shitty it was an <laughs> aws it, or an rws <clears> it was a um <throat> oh, a, a the german company it was like really uh oh. um maybe not quite match rifle uh, but it was you know the brake barrels can't be completely a match rifle just because they have like a double kind of action of the recoil i think
0: talk about overkill i mean to kill a wasp with a projectile you'd be fine with like one of those like uh Red Rider BB guns or something. This is fucking 300 feet per second or whatever they are. Like, you can see the BB. It's so slow. Like, that would take care of a wasp. No problem. But Derek's out there with a freaking pellet rifle just sniping them.
1: Yeah, Man. I, I didn't have a BB gun. BBs uh, do. BBs ricochet. If you want to talk about something that ricochets, it's oh, BBs. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've been smacked in the forehead by a ricocheting BB,
0: and uh, it's scary because you think that could have easily been in my eye. Uh-huh i've never Uh, been done
1: that i'm sure that was scary yeah
0: yeah yeah uh well and then it's 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 uh (laughs) eye-opening no pun intended (laughs) because you realize like what was i thinking i'm shooting uh a target or i'm shooting at or whatever you're shooting at and and you then you look at the background you're like there's rocks everywhere i'm shooting at rocks with a freaking with a bb i'm i'm an idiot and uh anything that i get i totally deserve because i'm stupid Um, that's, that's immediately what you think in a flash when you get smacked in the head with a
1: BB ricochet. Yeah. Spherical piece of steel that does not give in. No. It just ricochets. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, BB guns, man, were the shit when I was a kid. It's almost like I always had to be armed. I feel like I, I always had a BB gun at hand. I kept one in my garage or my parents' garage handy just in case, you know, just in case any... Any varmints needed shooting or whatever? (laughs) Like (laughs) you're out, you're out
1: protecting the family.
0: Yeah, yeah, but really, it's just like, oh, if I see a lizard minding his own business standing, (laughs) you know, on a fence, like I better go get my BB gun. Like how uh, dare he? It makes me sad too, because now I'm such a different person. But when I was young, like I would totally just shoot a lizard because I could, or a bird in a tree. Like, oh, there's a bird in a tree. Get my gun! And I just run for the BB gun and shoot at it like a like a like a asshole um you're pretty horrible do that now yeah you're never do that now
1: no I I I, I'm joking (laughs) I did the same thing dude I was the same way and and I'm not like that at all now either like I like I um I feel like I can't kill something you know unless it's like actually a threat to me in some way or you know actually you know it's it's a big process like if I had to kill something
0: I remember you, you crossed a bridge that sticks with me, but you used to fish with us. We used to go fishing all the time and you would come with us every once in a while. You were fine with fishing. And then at some point you decided that fishing was not something you wanted to do anymore. And you were just kind of like, I think I invited you on a trip. And you were basically like, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. I i i think you said something like feeling the fish fight on the end of the line makes me realize that uh, what I'm doing. I'm actually like killing another life, uh, something like that. And it made me like really reflect on it where I was kind of like, Oh man, you're totally right. Cause for some reason I differentiate or I draw a line between shooting an animal, uh, like a, a mammal on land to me is I would never do that for fun. Uh, I don't have any problem with people who like to hunt just for me personally. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to kill anything, but I totally will fish. And what's the difference? I'm out there pulling an animal out by a hook on its face of the water. And that's different to me somehow than shooting a rabbit or a deer. I I can't, I can't justify that choice, but I, that's me. I won't shoot an animal, but I'll fish. And at some point you drew that line or or decided that you're not going to fish anymore. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I still haven't fished. And, um, you know, I, I think what it is, is that Uh, it's an interesting process because like, obviously I'm Buddhist and you know, I think in the beginning of of Buddhism, you kind of like are like uh, um, the, you have the whole respect for life uh, thing where you do take an, um, not an oath, but uh, one of your precepts is, you know, I will not kill. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now I got to say that, I too am not against hunting. If somebody is going to hunt and eat their food, like I think that is acceptable. Be, uh, it's the most acceptable. Um, I'll say it that way because you, you're part of the process. You see what happens. You're not like, you don't have your head in the sand and you're like, Oh no, I do not know how this, this meat got on my plate. Oh yeah. Because I mean I think that we need to be in tune with that process because we do have to try to not advocate for suffering of animals uh-huh. and um sure. you know we need to be cognizant of that and and you know as humans we have this innate arrogance where we think that we're the most important things on the planet and or
0: that even
1: everything else exists for our pleasure and use Yeah yeah and 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 you know even that goes down to like your moth uh topic where you, you know you, you don't like to shoot moths and that's a good sign you know because you are actually you you relate to the moth in an innate way where you understand that that little creature has a life just like how you have a life and mm-hmm. it has a body just like how you have a body and it doesn't want to die just how like you don't want to die yeah and and that's an important thing to recognize On everything, you know, because I think a lot of times we could just be callous and we're just like, oh, I'll step on this big fucking spider. I used to be like that when I was a kid. I'm not like that. I just can't flagrantly kill anything. I I, I can't hardly kill anything. I'm not saying that I wouldn't. Like if I needed to eat or something, most certainly, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had this discussion on our. um Yeah. Why with friends like these, why eat enemies? But. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I, I think that. um. As long as you're like one with the process and that being one with the process yeah. is at least trying to um having the utmost respect for life. And sure. like I said, I, you know, I'm not beyond fishing. If I needed to fish in order to eat, I most certainly would fish. But oh, I yeah. don't I don't need that, you know, so I, I'm not going to take a fish's life just flagrant for fun. Yeah. Like I would, like I literally just fish for fun. Sure, I'll eat the meat, but I don't need the
0: meat. Uh, I can go to the store and buy meat. So it's not a necessity sort of thing. I just really like fishing.
1: Um, but that's okay. It's, I think it's okay though still. I mean, I, I, I'm not worried about you. I, I think the, the worry is um, when people are subject to devolving and that, that devolution has to do with people not respecting life. And, and the more, the less and less you respect life, the next thing you know, you're like in a gang, you're just like shooting people up because who gives a shit. Right. Right. And, and that you're if you live a life like that, you're going to be born in a hell realm, uh, -hmm. because you're not sensitive to, to your own life. Even, you know, you're not, you're losing your sense. You're desensitizing yourself. So if
0: you're going to respect life, like if you're going to say like, oh, murder is wrong. I would never just walk down the street and shoot someone because they happen to be there. Like, then what's really the difference between... Uh, Walking down that same street and seeing uh, a worm crossing the street or a spider crossing the street is posing no threat to you at all. It's not uh, on your bathroom wall. It's not even in your house. It's out there on the sidewalk and you pass a spider and just going out of your way to reach your leg over and step on it just because. What's the difference? Um, There really isn't one. You're drawing a distinction between, oh, well, a human is a human and their life is so much more precious than some other bug. And that's nonsense. Um, So where that really started like coming into focus for me was with kids like i make those choices on my own uh at some point i stopped you know stepping on bugs just for the fun of it i remember doing that as a kid and i remember i know i stopped that i don't know when that happened but as i became an uh, you know uh uh a thoughtful adult, it did occur to me that, hey, these are living things, a lot like just what you said, the same thing. It's like, these guys are just going about their life. They play a role. They've got a family. they got responsibilities. Um, sure, it's different than what humans do, and their life cycle and, and type is different, but what is really different? Nothing. Those are small little hairs to be splitting, so why would I go out of my way to kill something just for the sake of killing it? Just because it's easy, and I'm huge, and I can just poke that bug, or I can step on that spider? Like, that's no reason to just do it, because you can. Um, so... I notice that a lot with kids where my 2-year-old once he became aware of bugs and he'll see like oh wow roly poly walking across the street that's interesting and he's super interested in it wants to look at it wants to touch it cuz kids wants to want to touch everything yeah. um I have made it a big point and will continue to do so that you never touch bugs. They're 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 busy. I always kind of, I always try to tell him like, no no, Michael, that that roly poly is working. He's working right now, and you can't bug him. You can't touch him. Let him do his thing. Let him go where he's going. You can watch <laughs> him and look at him, but don't touch him. He's working. That's so and cute, Mike. I, <laughs> you're such a good dad. And he uh and he and he <laughs> seems to be taking that ball and running with it now. Cause when he'll see like ants or whatever, he'll go and he'll crouch down and get his face as close as he possibly can to him and he'll just be like, Ants, ants, he's working. <laughs> they're out there doing their thing. And I feel like I still have to remind him. I don't know if he would just step on him because, but
1: I'm normally right there going, No, no, don't touch him. He's working. Let him do his thing. Certainly, uh, you're probably not too much of a stranger just I mean man sometimes i I do look back at like being a kid and I was uh um <laughs> this actually rings a bell because um I just got out of a retreat and I was I went to a programming class my programming class where I had to go like Tuesdays and Thursdays yeah and there was um a a bug on the ground and somebody stomped on him. And before he stomped on him, I was like, no, don't do it. And then he did it anyway. And I said, you would make a mean giant. You know, and it was kind of <laughs> the girl that was there. She she thought it was hilarious. I, I didn't even hardly realize that I was saying it, but. It's so raw. that That's, that's a, it's an amazing thing to think about because, yeah, what's the difference? So if you were. You are a mean giant, right? That's what you are. That's what you become. You stomped
0: on that thing purely because you're enormous and he's tiny and it's easy and he's there. So there's no other reason than that. And if you were enormous and I was walking by your foot, you would just stomp
1: on me then, right? Yeah. Right. Because like, oh, you're inconsequential because of his size. Not yeah. because he's got life or not because he's another life form, but his size makes him inconsequential to me. So I'll just do it because what, whatever. And that's the devolution process too, you know? But I, I'm not above that. I'm not saying because they're like when I was a kid, my, I, I don't even want to think about how many ant, ant hills I probably was like Godzilla, played Godzilla on, you know, where oh, I'm just yeah, like destroying them. Like I'm just not, you totally. know, I don't have totally. like a leg to stand
0: on really. Um, or even spiders. Like now, if I can, I'll catch a spider and put him in the backyard. Um, sometimes the spider is particularly scary and I don't want to risk catching him and him running away. So I do just smash him. Uh but that's only like if it's in the house, I I, I don't want him biting my kids later or whatever. And, and I don't know. There's a certain kind of fear thing with spiders. So in the house, I do squish a spider. If I can catch him, I will. Normally, I just kind of squish him and flush him down the toilet. But if a spider is in the garage or outside, like in our living space even, I won't kill him. I'll just let him live, dude. Like I've got a big yeah. black widow that's hanging out in the backyard on the back of my hose box, like one of those retractable hose storage boxes that you crank the hose in and out of Uh and it's it sits four or five inches away from the the wall outside the house and in that gap is a is a really thick dense um, spider web and i could easily just spray the hose back there when i'm cleaning up the backyard or whatever but i don't like some spider built this gigantic home back there and he's not hurting anybody uh and then the other night i was out there after after dark and flicked on the light and it's a gigantic black widow um i don't think he's hurting anybody and maybe i'm wrong because my my son plays back there and all that but my son has no reason to be reaching back behind the hose box and you know that kind of thing so i just haven't done anything about it i've just let him go there and he's getting bigger and i see him all the time now and he's kind of just
1: there that's where he lives i leave him alone i'm the same way man i i feel the same way like i have these big orb spiders here They're ferocious looking. I mean, they're like fucking enormous. They're like a quarter. Like if their legs are compacted and they're like in the hiding space, they're like a size of a quarter.
0: And so that's a thick spider.
1: (laughs) When their legs are spread out, you know they're they're horrific looking. Like it's like whoa. And they make these enormous orb um, webs. I I want to say it's probably the same kind of spider like that was in Charlotte's Web, like with the pig and the you know kind of just makes like an big, enormous beautiful. Big, yeah. Be- yeah really big beautiful spider and you know they when we first got here they would position themselves in places that we just couldn't have them like we I need to walk through that area you know so like right. I, I tend to have been training these these spiders like I would see him start to build a web and I try to get him like while he's starting to build the web because I don't I I hate mucking up the when they got the whole thing built and I like walk through it. I'm like, oh, man, Um, I don't want to walk through it. But and I don't want to disturb him. I want him to, like, live his life. Yeah. Yeah. Just build it like not in our walkway. Yeah. But sometimes I've got to train them, you know, and uh, yesterday I was actually there's one that built his way in the garden. It's kind of in an inconvenient location. And, um, he was right there and, you know, I'm not scared of these guys. I know they don't want to mess with me. Um, I don't want to be bitten by him, but of course he doesn't want to be killed by me either. Um, but I accidentally walked through and I was like, Oh no, I just, I felt kind of bad, but it was an inconvenient location. So I feel like, you know, if I can try to mm-hmm. help them find, you know, uh, thwart the process of building a web when I see that's in a bad location, like,
2: yeah, because yeah. there's
1: one that's up in the corner, um, like just outside of our screen and porch, that is a perfect location. Like nobody walks there. You're going to get some good food there. Have at it, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I'm the same way. I try to let them live.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I mean, Hey, they're, they're, they're taking care of poop flies, so they're there to handle the same thing that I hate. Uh, and, um, I don't know. Like you said, as long as they're kind of building their little complex in in a easy to avoid area, I'm not going to go out of my way to go smash their home and kill them. Um, if they are a threat, like they're building in a place right where my son is going to walk, like right across the walkway, uh, yeah, I'll spray off the web or whatever because um, they need to go build somewhere else. And whether or not they learn or they just happen to build somewhere else and it's, 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 it's uh, more avoidable, then fine. Go build it there. Do your thing. I don't mind. I mean, hell, I'll even, uh, I'll even season your fly and blast it into your web for you. Like, I'm a friend of spiders.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've never, been, I've never been really scared of spiders either. I can't say that, like, spider... Don't get me wrong, the look I, of a spider is kind of like yes. the epitome of evil. Just that like is the... built into
0: your flight or fight, uh, fight or flight response, I think. That is, like, yeah. genetically built into your survival mechanisms as a human to see a spider and be scared, and your first reaction is kill or run. Yeah. Um, but once that initial reaction subsides, you can assess the danger and be like, okay, that's not a big deal. I can just grab him with some toilet paper and go and throw him in the garden or something. I want them in my garden. Yeah. Um, that's where you want them, right? They're, yeah. they're going to catch aphids or prevent any kind of flying bugs that eat your leaves and all that kind of crap. Like, dude, go live in the garden. It's beautiful, uh, out there. Um, so I'll do that. I'll kind of just catch them with toilet paper if I can and throw them out in the garden. Uh, but like I said, if they are particularly scary or like in my kid's nursery or something like that, uh, then it's usually just squish them and flush them. But I do avoid that when I can.
1: Isn't that in, that funny, the innate uh, fear that we get like when we see a spider or when we see something yeah. that can uh, cause us harm? Sure. And the other thing too, and not just see, but also hear, like there's mm-hmm. certain bugs, like when you hear a fly, right? I'm not scared. You're not scared when you hear a fly. But if no. you hear a horse fly, yeah, you you oh. just know, like, oh, oh, that can hurt me. Y- or the sound of how. a rattlesnake. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, you know that's, that's the sh- extreme situation. you're just shirt. like, all, oh, it's
0: instant fear, freezing, just like shit. I mean, you, you have that visceral
1: response. Yeah, and he's just as scared. He or she's just as scared, too. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like that that visceral, that um, the genetic Right. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's it's got to be genetic, right? Because if you think about it, it's like the people that didn't get that fear when they heard that rattlesnake aren't around anymore. Right. Right. Because they they at one point probably got bit by a rattlesnake and they're not they didn't make Amen. it. You know? and, well, they, and that's they, the
0: whole yeah. reason r- rattlesnakes have rattles anyway, is because their best defense is causing you to avoid them. Um they don't want to have to bite you they don't want to be in a conflict their whole thing is like hey i'm over here don't fuck with me i really don't want to fucking bite you so warning warning please walk somewhere else uh their whole thing is like please avoid me um same with like poisonous animal coloration they don't want to be eaten to poison the animal that ate them because that means they were eaten so they're they've evolved bright colors that say hey i'm full of poison don't eat me uh leave me alone i'm full of poison um
1: and, yeah, then and you just animals. know yeah, yeah you just yeah, know yeah. by looking at it right it's, it's like you're, universal you're like,
0: language same with poisonous snakes right you can at a glance typically tell which snakes are poisonous and which ones are like constrictor rodent eaters yeah um maybe there's some exceptions to that i'm no snake expert but typically you can see like the slender shinier ones are poisonous and certainly ones with colors on them are more poisonous and the ones that are thicker and stronger uh well are are going to be more likely like constrictor type rodent killers and really good to have around the house
1: yeah, and it's like those bright colors right the ones that just kind of say warning to you like yeah whoa you like me yeah or, or like the um the black widow you see the the, the, the uh-huh. hourglass on the black widow like yeah, yeah if that doesn't instill the the epitome of fear in your body like i don't know what does it's like And if you think about it, too, it's like, okay, I see the belly of a Black Widow and it's got an hourglass on it. Yeah, I'm staying away. Dude, just the shape of a Black Widow's body, like the big, thick body
0: and those creepy ass legs. Just the second you see one, your first reaction is, oh, fuck. Like, it's just fear, instant fear. And then you assess the situation and decide what you're going to do. But your first, like, visceral response of seeing a black widow, at least for me, I think for everybody or most people, is just like, oh, shit. When you, like, turn over something in a garage, like, pick up a box that's been there a while, or you, like, you know, you move something in a garage and then you uncover one and it's just there. You're just like, oh, you just jerk backward, you know, just like, oh, fuck. Uh, And it's it's like a, a whole feeling that goes running through your body real quick. Like, it's
1: very visceral. Yeah, we have brown recluses here. and Those are gnarly, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I, you know, I think they might be more abundant than I'm actually aware of. Here's the thing. like, I'm just kind of not scared of spiders that much because, like, I don't know. I've never had a problem with a spider. I can't say that I've had a problem with a brown recluse or a black widow. I've encountered a black widow in, in an uncomfortable situation where they were, like, under the, uh, the um, underhang of a trash can you know sometimes they, they tend to like to be around those areas where that you kind can. of thing yeah yeah that yeah. is a little scary sometimes right there you
0: go and go grab a garden tool that's leaning up against the house in the backyard you haven't touched in a few months or whatever and
1: whoa shit there's a black widow on there yeah yeah and and i saw i found a, a brown recluse one time uh, my buddy was over here and it was inside like a little slim trash can that i had and we looked in there and we're like okay yeah that is a fiddle Um, that's on, on the back of that thing. Uh, that is a brown recluse. So we just took the trash can and like threw it out of the man cave, but you know, fiddle. they They have like a fiddle shape on them. I don't, I don't know anything about brown recluse. Yeah. It's kind of like a, um, kind of a jagged fiddle. It's almost, it's almost hourglassy a little bit. Uh, but Hmm. it's kind of just, uh, you have to look one up and see what it looks like, but you know, they're, they're not the most atrocious thing, but if you look at the fiddle, you can kind of see that it, it says poison. You know, it's all like, right. It's like, yeah, poison. Um, so you can just tell that you get that kind of that shrill that goes up yeah. your spine and you're just. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ew. Yeah. Yep. But um,
0: it's cool of nature to hook us up with those little warning signs. Like it's like literally like a biohazard sticker, just like, hey, I'm poisonous. Uh, oh, cool. Thanks. I'm going to avoid you and chuck the trash can you're living in out the door and deal with that later. Um, Do
1: you think it's got etched into our DNA? I think sometimes it, like it, it, oh, it yeah. is cool of nature as well, but it also is something that I think is kind of like, um, you know, those things you don't have to learn. Like you know, when a a doe gets born, it knows how to stand up and walk and suck, suck from the nipple. You know,
0: absolutely. I think um, that is so ingrained in our evolution uh, is our defense mechanisms. That yeah, those are things that. Um, I think you would know even if you were like born alone on an island you would know that uh you would you would have some sort of a reaction I, I truly believe that that's something that's yeah just built into us or programmed into us for sure. Yeah. Um I never
1: seen a wolf spider. Are they huge? Are they hairy? A wolf spider uh, wolf spiders are generally um they're they're vicious and ugly looking. Yes. They are mostly like uh the hairiness and the eyes like a wolf spider Mm. will have like red eyes. Like if you look closer to a wolf spider, it's, it's just ugly looking and they're kind of vicious. They, they will jump They're They're one of those spiders. I think that will jump and, and attack (laughs) their thing. And there's, there are some, uh, I think from what I understand, like in Australia, they have some really like aggressive spiders there. Like, you know, where spiders are like, Oh, fuck that guy. I'll come dude, after uh, you, bitch. Australia yeah. and, like, Africa, I've never been to either continent, but
0: um, they have some fucking gnarly bugs, dude. Uh, I don't want any part of any of that kind of shit, dude. The stuff I've seen from Africa, like monster mosquitoes and bird spiders and stuff like that, and I think Australia has the same, like, gigantic insects that will just eat you whole, like, man-eating... Yeah. Fuck that, dude. I don't want any part of that shit. Um, which we touched on the strength and the toughness of Australians. And I bet a lot of that comes from growing up in a place where a cockroach might eat your leg.
1: Yeah, it could be. I'm, and, you just and wake
0: th- up and you're like, oh, fuck, I used to have a foot, but that cockroach is almost done eating it. Damn, it was nice walking.
1: And there, there's a lot of prehistoric things there. I mean, well, I think there's a lot of prehistoric things in a lot of different places. But um, yeah, People there's have definitely- been there some things less time yeah
0: i think yeah, that pe- yeah. people have been there people have been able to fucking ruin those landscapes for less time we'll get there <laughs> we'll ruin it uh we just haven't finished Just give yet. us the
1: time just give us, give us the a time. chance wait. man is there yeah, a valley there that hasn't been ruined there? I'm, i want to build a home there
0: yeah yeah like oh wait a minute humans <laughs> haven't totally fucked up this landscape yet uh we got some work to do so we better build a lot of houses and uh get to work because nature is proliferating nature is proliferating over here and we got to do something about that humans can't let that fly so real quick d would you be down to take a piss break sure yeah okay uh quick pee break leave your recording running we'll be right back all right that uh that was
1: satisfying you feel better d I do. I do. And, you know, I was thinking something too while I was out there. It's like, you know, sometimes before the podcast, I think like, oh, what are, what are we going to talk about? You ever get that thing where you're like, oh, what are we going to talk about? But it always happens where we always come up with interesting conversation. We always have interesting conversation, not come up with it.
0: Oh, I do I've been, I've been planning on bringing up poop flies for a week now. I don't know about you, but that, oh. I couldn't wait to
1: talk to you about poop flies. Oh okay. Well maybe it's not such a special event then never mind. No,
0: this is all this was all mapped out.
1: Totally. Okay. Written. All right. Yeah. Poop flies were in our destiny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was inevitable. We had to
1: <laughs> we had to discuss poop flies in detail, in depth. Poop flies on episode nineteen. Oh. <laughs> so I should just name the episode <laughs> poop flies.
0: Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs>
1: oh no, no! Oh, it's gonna be uh, that. Oh,
0: I know dude, you, dude. Okay, so I did actually, <laughs> I did jot something down. I try to keep notes like through the week, like things that I go, oh man, that's interesting. Maybe I'll bring that up. Uh, and I rarely ever use them, so the list just gets longer, and I hardly ever cross any off. But I did write something down this morning while I was changing my son's clothes. My my seven month old, um, he's wearing onesies still, and yeah. It made me think of something that has always bothered me, and I solved the problem, and then the industry made the problem worse. Okay, so t-shirts Sounds have like always a conspiracy. had. Conspiracy. Yeah. It, oh, oh, dude. Yeah. Okay. This is right up your alley. Like, I don't know how they're making more money off this. Um, I think they're just doing it to be dicks. Ooh, I so, love it. Yeah. Uh, T-shirt manufacturers used to put a fucking tag on the back of your neck, like right around the collar. There was a little tag there that talked about, you know, being made in Bangladesh and here's how to wash me and what size I am. Yeah. Uh, it was a small tag and easily cut off. And I have always been, uh, I don't know, kind of anal or obsessive compulsive about always cutting the tags off my T-shirts. I can't fucking stand the itch on the back of my neck. So yeah. I always cut the T-shirt tag off. Right. uh uh-huh. Simple, quick, easy solution. Um, T-shirt companies became hip to that need. Oh, people don't like tags, so we'll make what they call a tagless shirt. Um, So now instead of having an actual tag on the upper neck part of it or whatever, they print size large made in Bangladesh. Here's how to wash me in four languages and all that shit, right? Printed right on the top of the shirt. Cool. Problem solved. But not really because tagless shirts are not fucking tagless. Now they've replaced the small, easy to cut off tag at the top of the back of your neck with this fucking four foot long material tag that's like down around the side of your waist or whatever. Like it's on the left hand side every time, right? It's what always fuck on is the left that? with yeah. a spare button sewed onto it. Like, god damn it! I, I don't want a tag, and you're marking this as a tagless shirt, but you've put in this this enormous ribbon of material. In an area that keeps tickling my fucking side. And I'm, I'm furious about it. And what made me think about it is when I was changing my son, I got him some new onesies. Uh, cause he goes through them pretty often and we're always trying to go dig through the dryer to find a clean onesie and whatever. And I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to go buy 20 onesies. Like I never want to yeah. dig through a dryer for a onesie again. I'm going to buy <laughs> way more than we need. He's going to grow out of them in a month, but I don't care. They cost like $6. <laughs> I'm going to go buy a fucking cartload of onesies. So that's what I did. And I just bought a million onesies at Carter's. Uh, and they're all really great material, super soft, kind of stretchy. They have no tag in the upper neck, but all of them have this monster ribbon tag on the side. Like, I think you, I think you're right. It's the lower left side, right around, right, right above the waistline. That's, uh, fucking enormous. And my little tiny baby with super soft baby skin has this huge fucking tag scraping against the side of his body. I'm like, dick move. Why? why the fuck do I need this? monster scroll of information on a onesie how much information do you really need to put on there you're writing a book is it a fucking yeah. bedtime story what the fuck
1: <laughs> yeah that is annoying and it's also annoying too because sometimes when you cut it off it's more annoying when you cut it off than when yeah when you didn't cut it like there's some of those where you get that edge left yeah they don't want you to cut it off or something it's like hey that thing is too big to begin with. Like, no, that shouldn't exist like that. No,
0: no, there, there's not that much necessary information about a baby's onesie. It it's un, It's ridiculous. And you're right. Sometimes you cut those off and you don't cut enough. So you're left with this little, like uh jaggedy kind of material shard right there that just scratches at you or worse yet, you cut it too short and you end up clipping a little bit of a hole in the, uh, in the in the shirt or the onesie or whatever. I've done that. Never on his onesies, but I used to do that on my old my shirts when I used to cut the tag off. Well, I always cut the tag off, but I have nicked part of the shirt and then you're left with like a little hole right where the tag used to be. And then I'm just furious and throw the shirt away. I'm just it's fucking useless. You you've given me a shirt I can't use. I hate the tag. I've removed the tag and now I've ruined the shirt and I hate you all and never buying your clothes again.
1: Yeah, or or if you don't have scissors on hand and you just like you're in a hurry. Oh, rip that thing You just rip it. Ooh, yeah. You you, know, you can ruin a shirt like that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work out well. Yeah, no, and then you're it doesn't work just out. This, this freaking trashed,
0: ragged, white trash-looking neckline where you just got a fucking big hole
1: on the back of your neck. Yeah, no, nothing good there. Yeah, just perforate that for me a little bit. Like, per- how about some perforation? Plan,
0: plan on me not needing that information forever. I know it's a large. I bought it. I bought a large. That's what size I wear. I'm good on the size. Thanks. Once I've picked it off the rack and I've purchased it, the size means nothing to me. I'm not choosing it again based on its size. It's the only one in my closet that looks like that. I don't have a whole rack of, of that same print shirt with different sizes. I'm not shopping for it anymore. I've bought it. Uh, I no longer need the size information. Um, the material composition and washing instructions i only need those once like uh give me some sort of a a tag that that is like the the other tags the marketing tag the thing you clip off when you buy it you just clip off all the other things like the price tag and the logo tag or the whatever tag you clip all that shit off you don't need that anymore you bought it it's my shirt i don't need the fucking logo on it anymore and once i've bought it i should like instructions it should just be like hey here's what it's made out of here's how you wash it uh read this tag once, clip it off, and then wear your shirt. Why do I have to keep the instructions on my shirt indefinitely?
1: What what kind of a plan is this? Yeah, maybe it's some kind of legal thing. I don't know, because you certainly don't need to know how to oh. iron a onesie too. Right? I'm Ooh, not I'm Is not it planning a legal thing? A, like the mattress ironing. thing oh, where I it's don't like, know. hey, this
0: tag is mandatory and if you remove this tag, you're violating law and feds will show be. up at your house.
1: I mean, I but, wouldn't be so shocked, right? Because it's like, oh yeah, if you uh if you dry this too long, it might turn, it might combust. You know, I don't, I have no idea. Or maybe, yeah, yeah.
0: what, what is that shit? Is there like a a shirt FDA, like some FDA issues guidelines for labeling food? Is there some clothing, uh, department? I certainly hope
1: not because if that's the case, we've really become a really stupid, stupid people.
0: Well, I mean, uh, that's, that's not debatable. We are very stupid as a whole. In general, we are idiots. Uh, but yeah, the shirt thing, I don't get it. I don't need, I don't know why I need this much information. Um, I don't know why you've chosen to print it in three languages. Um, if I speak a different language and I'm buying a shirt in America, I would just assume I'll take it upon myself to translate that um, into whatever language I speak. Why, why do you need to print it in three different languages on my shirt? Why do I need all of the? Why do I even care where it's made? Is that important? I don't care if my shirt was made in Bangladesh or Singapore or Taiwan or fucking Los Angeles. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I chose the shirt and I'm buying it. I don't care where the cotton originated or where it was manufactured or what sweatshop it was sewn
1: together in. I think what do we're you? talking about is maybe maybe it's regulation. You know, oh, because trade reg- regulation or like, or yeah or whatever kind of regulation like oh. uh sh- shirts need to have this like or if bangladesh they does not us be off official institute like a
0: like a shirt embargo then uh my bangladesh made shirt is now uh
1: contraband could be or any mm. shirt that's imported in the united states has to have a washing symbol on the left of on the left hand side towards yeah, the tumble, bottom you know i don't dry know. Low. i'm just guessing it, it I might not be right
0: about that. And here's my thing. I'm cool with that. Put that on a label, pin it to the shirt, or put it on one of those stupid little plastic tea holder things that you have to cut and pull off from each end Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those fucking infuriating things. But at least they're one and done. Like, pin it to my shirt, give me the information, my instructions, and pin it there. I'll remove it when I buy it and assume that I read the instructions and I know how to care for my shirt moving forward. Uh... Why is it permanently sewn onto a tag that's scratching the side of my body?
1: So well, what is the story? I mean, we've all heard the jokes that have gone through, like when we watch stand-up comedians about like, oh, I'm so rogue. I go and I cut off the federally mandated um, mattress warning on my mattress, mattress. you know, the mattress tag, like that whole thing, right? It was like, um, the joke with that is always, a, it's like a federally mandated mattress tag, right? I think that's the way yeah. I understood it. Like like I just committed a felony by tearing a tag off my mattress. Yeah, so maybe that same kind of quote-unquote regulation, I guess, maybe it exists for shirts. It's like, oh, oh. if you're going to ship a shirt into the United States, it must have this exact tag here. Otherwise, it is not a shirt for the United States.
0: Well, that, that must Send be the, it the case because every brand shirt Puts the same information, Um, what the material composition is, the country it was made in or the place it was made in and and washing uh, or care uh, instructions. So I'm sure that must be a rule or or whatever. And that's fine. What I can't get past is why does it need to be sewn onto the shirt? Why can't it just be an easily removable tag like everything else on a new shirt I buy? Because it's regulated and you will remember
1: you will remember that it's regulated. Big shirt, man. Ruining my life. <laughs> big, shirt. big shirt. Big diaper last week, and now big shirt's all up on Dude, you. Dude, man. Just suffocating yeah. you, man. I've got, like, big shirt. Forget big tobacco and big pharma, but big shirt and big diaper are on the us. The cricket's back. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah.
0: The cricket shut his face like a long
1: time <laughs> ago. I don't even remember when it happened. We,
0: we just got into a conversation. Cricket was gone for a while, but
1: he's back. Yeah. Maybe he, like, maybe he got some. And now he's coming back and he's like, hey, I got some. I'm ready for the next. Maybe he's insatiable and yeah, he, he's ready for some more, right? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> is that I
0: wonder, I wonder why why do crickets make the call? Are they are is it a mating call? Or are they just like, hey, I'm horny, hey, hey, I'm horny, I'm a cricket, I'm over here and I'm super horny. Still I mean, <laughs> horny. Still over here. Still any takers? Hey, if you're looking if you're ladies- looking for
1: somebody that's horny, it's me. I'm right here. yeah, he's like the, uh, yeah. he's like the construction a... worker
0: cricket that's just <laughs> whistling at other cricket girls passing by, like hey, woo 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 woo. Yeah, cricket girls are like, yeah, that's not attractive. I'm not turned on by your screaming at me.
1: Yeah, uh, imagine if like people were that flagrant, right? It's like hey, I'm horny, horny over here, horny <laughs> over here. Hey, I'm gonna interrupt your podcast, tell you how horny I am. Still horny. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm here can you hear me hey. maybe maybe he's trying to like get some play off the podcast maybe he's like hoping people can oh. like listen up.
0: oh oh like he's he's fishing for tail on our in our in our audience <laughs> fishing for tail.
1: oh man yeah he's fishing oh. for tail through our audience man. man he's just
0: like that guy in the garage right now <laughs> is talking to a giant audience of people and i'm just going to scream my mating call through his microphone So that way, through the whole show, all you hear is uh, any cricket that may be listening to the Derek and Mike podcast is like, oh, man, that uh, that cricket behind Derek's man cave
1: is really horny and ready for some. Who knows how many crickets I might reach if I if I if I get on this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I got crickets in all the area codes. Okay, that wasn't funny. That cricket, but yeah, crickets. <laughs>
0: the cricket in your backyard is like I could scream my mating call to Derek's backyard, or I could broadcast it to millions all over the world.
1: Brilliant. It's kind Brilliant. of funny though, because like if I flop on a joke, it's like I could just I'll just stop in it and pause. Right? He's and a built-in like, punchline. Yeah, I'll just let the cricket just roll. I'll just be like, Anything okay, that was a funny.
0: Anything you say that falls flat, all we have to do is just pause and let the the, the crickets just bring it on home, right there, <laughs> just like that.
1: I just lower my gate. Oh, now, now oh. that I lower my gate, he shut up. Of course. Oh
0: man. Oh dude, I love this cricket. You got to name him. I mean, this guy is like a part of our lives now. He's he's our cricket. <laughs>
1: okay, Benjamin.
0: Benjamin. Benjamin's my son's name. I, I can't. Oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah um, yeah. I know. I can't. Yeah, I can't that, get on board that, with I can't that. work. Okay, yeah understandable um how about oh should we do the cute thing where we name him a name that starts with the same letter of the animal that he is uh like he could be like Carl cricket or something like that or is that too uh cheesy um maybe i've been watching too much peppa pig
1: boy c is a tough word um oh remember the kid that we used to play with um I say play with man, we were we were both kinda young though. I mean I was much older than you, but um man, I hate to bring him up this way, but uh ooh. It's the only way I know how to bring him up. Um, it was the guy that had the sweaty butt. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name, dude? What was his name? I remember you remember? <laughs> Oh my god. That oh, poor, poor guy. Me. This I'm is sorry. how he gets to live on in our I'm memory. Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm so <laughs> immature. His name was Corey. Corey, that's it. Yeah. And he
0: was unfortunate enough to a be sweating. <laughs> and B have some material shorts that were particularly tight and very uh uh not moisture wicking. Yeah. Uh anyway, yeah, and he had C, have friends s- like us. He had a... Yeah. <laughs> we'll point it out. Oh, dude. What's, okay, so one time Corey had some uh, sweat going on in the back of his shorts, and he was forever known as Butt Sweat. That was, that was just his nickname, and that's funny as hell that you remember it. But if yeah, for years it, later, for as long as we knew him, he moved away <laughs> at some point. Maybe he just got tired of being called Butt Sweat. But yeah, it was just like, oh, you got a sweaty butt today. So for the rest of your life, you will be known as
1: Butt Sweat. Well, I mean, come on. What were we? You you may have been like 13 and I was like 16 or I don't know, maybe no. Oh, now. dude,
0: what do you expect? Uh, I mean, yeah, I dude, mean,
1: come on. I mean, you we don't sweat have a choice here. Yeah. Your shorts,
0: your butt sweat. Like that's it. You you've Like yeah. Indians live that way, right? Native Americans, they would earn a name based on something they did or a personality trait or whatever, like uh, you know, like a uh, running horse or screaming eagle or uh fucking big nose John or whatever. Like they would just name you based on a character trait, something that was prominent about you, some something you did or whatever. Yeah, uh, and you earned it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know they weren't all cool. They weren't all screaming eagle and bare fist. I'm sure some of them were like stinky feet. You know, <laughs> just like
1: totally. Man got his fucking feet stink dude he's stinky feet (laughs) that's that's just his name now there was one guy at the center and i love the guy and he just happened to always walk with change in his pocket and i love love the guy i love the guy he's he's one of my favorite people honestly um and he has listened to the podcast before so i'm saying this maybe well i'm not saying it to cover i do this was the name that I told him that I said, if if you had an Indian name, I would call you walks with change in pocket.
0: <laughs>
1: walks with a jingle.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, walks man. with a jingle. Yeah.
1: Walks with change in pocket.
0: That is, that is hilarious. And, and that's the kind of guy who's never going to be able to sneak up on you. Uh, you're going to hear him coming down the
1: hall. Where sh- ching, 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 ching. You're just like, Oh, here comes change in his pockets. Uh, man. But it's so funny though, because right, because I think as like from, I don't know, a native not a native american but but obviously uh I was going to say uh a united states citizen or I don't know the world that we live in now we think that we need to name our kids like before they're born right we need to be, oh. be like oh yeah we're going to name her Jennifer or whatever you know before they're even born but uh-huh. realistically like I feel like that name really Needs to be something substantial, and and I admire the Native American way of like, no, we're not going to name you. Let's just see you how you act. Your name. And you are, uh, you know, lies in the middle of the night. You know, like whatever you are, it is, you are cries all night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you are right cries now, all. Your night. name is poops on himself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll consider changing it when you stop pooping on yourself. Yeah, but for yeah. now, you're poops on self. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so like as you get older like you just your named is uh hasn't done much like that's your name for a while like ah oh, what are you known for Ah, it's hasn't hasn't done much that's your name hasn't done much and then yeah. one day you finally accomplish something like you kill a buffalo and they're like hey now you're uh now you're uh you know hunts with a spear now you got a name your name's hunts with a spear okay yeah. cool that's way better than hasn't done much
1: yeah you know i i, I kind of have so much respect for that kind I of i like um, that yeah Yeah. it's natural it's it's just something that should happen i think how that works in the society though
0: like it's hilarious to name a baby poops on himself but i wonder (laughs) if they if they did have like placeholder names where it's like well i mean obviously he's an infant so he hasn't done anything remarkable so we haven't named him yet when he you know when he uh hunts down a deer or trips over a rock then then he'll earn his <laughs> name but until he does something we we just i don't know what does what he just hey you or a kid or you know i wonder how that worked in indian culture
1: that, yeah, that's a think, part of I native think,
0: american history i'd be really interested in
1: i think it's acceptable for it to be kind of anything until that until that uh epiphany moment comes where you're like oh this is such and such this is or you do
0: something as a five year old. Uh, maybe you like stand up to an adult and it's like, oh man, this kid is really brave. Maybe he's just like uh, stands for himself or some really cool name. Yeah. Like, wow. All right. That's awesome. And then, and then you, you know, go through puberty and it turns out you're kind of a puss. And uh, you back down from a fight or you lie or you do something like not as, um, as, uh, as admirable as standing up for yourself as you did when you were a five year old. And now it's, uh, now your name is uh kind of a puss you know, like
1: you just yeah do
0: you change your name if if something new and more prominent uh shows itself in your personality why later not on right in life?
1: i mean i th- i think that's got to be on the table you know if you want to like uh let, let's see where you stand in the hierarchy and if yeah. you are uh kind of puss then you're kind of a puss now um you know and <laughs> if you If you were trips on rocks before, you know, you were, that's what you were. You were trips on rocks and then you graduated to, um, cuts corn really fast. I don't know.
0: Yeah. 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 No. I mean, imagine the motivation of having to carry a moniker based on your ability or your personality. So if you are trips on rocks, you're like, man, man come on dude i'm a man now i tripped on a rock when i was six i was six what six-year-old hasn't tripped and fallen you happened to be there and see me trip and fall and now for the rest of my life i'm trips on rocks like fuck man and then that would be so motivating to go out and do something you're like you know what chasing down that buffalo and killing him with my bare hands is really dangerous But I'm fucking tired of being called trips on rocks like I'm going to do it. I'm going to go chase that buffalo down, rip his fucking throat out with my teeth, and then we'll see what you guys call call me. Uh, But it ain't going to be trips on rocks anymore. I'm changing that shit. And that's a motivating opportunity that uh, we don't have. Like I'm going to be Mike, whether I trip on a rock or rip out a buffalo throat with my teeth. I'm still Mike. I was named Mike before I was born, before I did anything admirable or not. I got nothing to gain here. I got nothing to uh, compensate for. I'll be Mike if I suck or if I'm cool.
1: Well, for me, you're, uh, shoots flies with salt. <laughs> 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 no, it's true. Yeah. It's like, there, like the appeals process for your name, which is, uh, um, I don't know, kind of a conjunction of multiple names or multiple words, but, um, yeah, it's like, uh, you have to do something that's a hallmark that describes you. I like that. Yeah. You know, if you think about it about you, yeah, it really does. Yeah. It says the ultimate thing about (laughs) you, right? Because they're not going to name you trips on rocks unless like that is like an outstanding quality that you have, you know, and and that might not be the greatest uh, example, but you know, whatever it is, it's, it's going to say something about you and um, ideally say something about like everything that you do. Well, maybe you've earned the name "lies through his teeth," <laughs> and then
0: everyone you meet later on is just like, "Oh, oh, hey, I'm Fred. How you doing? What's your name?" And you're like, eh, "Lies through his teeth." Fred's like, "Oh, all right. Well, you must have earned that, so I'll be, I'll be careful."
1: Yeah, that's gonna be a tough one to, uh, to have to explain you around right there. Yeah. Well, you earned it, lies through his teeth. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be no, such I a mean, fucking liar. Yeah. No, who knows that that would be interesting though, to learn a little bit more about the Native American culture and like how their naming conventions happened and yeah, whether they renamed people or not. I mean, I know we've seen it kind of like through movies and stuff like sure, um dances with wolves, you know, right, right. I don't know was that was there anything real about that? I don't know. It certainly oh, seemed like it you know, but <clears throat> I yeah, as as real as a as a movie like that probably can
0: be. I know there are a lot of stories of. Early American um, early Americans through the 18th and 19th century, who chose the societies of, of Native Americans over the very troubled and very um, o- over living in their white societies, which for a lot of reasons, dude, where white societies back in the early days of America were very tough places to live. Uh, I mean, disease ridden, they, were, they, they weren't established cities. Uh, just getting food was an issue a lot of times in early settlements and all that kind of stuff. And and then given the opportunity of living with these tribes who, yeah, their way of life was very different, but it was very appealing in a lot of ways where they knew how to grow, grow food. They knew how to hunt. They weren't starving to death um, for a white guy who was watching all the friends around him uh, wither up and die because they couldn't they couldn't make it. Uh, it was probably pretty attractive to go live and live with these Indians who uh, seemed to have their shit together. So there are a lot of stories of Americans just going to live with them. There's also a lot of stories of, um, like in Dances with Wolves, the girl, was it Sigourney Weaver or who was the girl that, uh, the white woman who lived with the Native Americans, her name was Stands with a Fist. There's fucking cool example of a name, Stands with a Fist. She stood up for herself and uh, had her fists up, I, I, I guess, something like that. So her name became Stands with a Fist. And she was abducted or or taken in whichever way you want to look at it by the tribe like uh, essentially the tribe you know got in a fight killed her parents probably and she was left parentless and the tribe wasn't going to just let her be on her own she was a little girl so they took her in she was raised by the tribe there are stories of that kind of thing happening and there are stories of the little girl who grew up or, or was taken in by a tribe raised by the tribe and then americans uh white men captured the the tribe or or fought the tribe or liberated her or freed her from her confines in the tribe and then that girl deciding to stay with the tribe like she was taken home by the white men and then escaped and went back to the tribe kind of thing like she wanted to be there she wasn't a captive she preferred to live with them sort of thing yeah
1: um i can see that right um yeah yeah the thing is is like any one culture by itself to me a lot of times just doesn't have the complete picture and like one uh, example of that is just that i do love how i mean who can deny that native americans like the uh, how in tune they are with mother earth like that that right there i think that there's that's it was just a it's That is the beautiful thing that I see mostly about Native Americans is about Mm -hmm. how, how much they respected the planet that they lived on, how much they respected the, um, buffaloes that they killed or whatever it is that they killed and, and hunted in order to eat. You know, they, they really respected that Yep, and, um, and then they had a spirituality about that too about the entire thing and like they just lived in more in tune with the earth, more in tune with the earth's frequencies, I think. Um yeah,
0: I think in a lot of ways I also think there's some misconceptions there. Um I read a book by hmm I think it was Jared Diamond uh that kind of dug into that assumption that Indians um, or those early American continent natives were super in tune and just living on living as one with the land and and never overeating and some of that and there is some truth to that but he, he presented some interesting cases where that wasn't always the case and it was kind of a, a refreshing look at it to where it wasn't just ideal, idolizing the way they lived as if they were all perfect and we were all bad. They're humans too. And it was kind of cool yeah. to be like, yeah, they, they did a lot of good things, but here's a few areas where um, they kind of ruined this landscape and had to move on and, and overfish this or overdid that or whatever. So there is some of that. Um, I don't know why pointing that out is even important, but it was an interesting thing you brought up. I've never heard anyone highlight the downside of native culture. It's typically... Um, uh, idolized isn't the word but made to sound perfect when nothing human is perfect right
1: yeah i mean yeah you're right like any way you look at it we're still kind of a, a species that totally is about hierarchies
0: yeah we're going to kill you our know?
1: neighbors to get more food mm-hmm. yeah so there there's like the uh the political struggles and the, um trying to get a quote-unquote ahead sure and um Getting, uh, you know, getting an advantage on top of other people and mm-hmm. um, trying to maneuver their way up to the top, whatever it is that a human might think that that might be. It's one of the uglier things that I, I consider about us people is that. Um, yes, it's why we have proliferated, though. It's why we've spread around. It's
0: a, it's a detrimental and necessary ingredient in our in our behavioral makeup. Um, so it's good and bad like all of us
1: well here here's here's the quote that i would say that kind of represents uh multiple situations that i think i've had in my life that would accurately explain somebody who has done something that i think is ugly and it's only to the behest of the person that has done it Mm -hmm. but i say um this I, I might say like such and such is a person that will step on your neck to make them an inch taller. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, and, and that that kind of right that's actually something that I I invented and not like not like it should be like prothless prothless or whatever that word is. <laughs> but um <laughs> Have you been drinking, Derek? I have been drinking, yeah. You got me. You <laughs> got right, you me Pass. Okay. Um but no, it's just like, um, that, you know, I've, I've seen that come out in some people where I, I just see that oh, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, that's just so ugly. Um, and, and that, that's yeah. kind of the the best way that I know how to explain it is when. Um, yeah. It's an
0: ugly thing to recognize in someone else. Um, and we've talked about it before, making someone else feel bad to make yourself feel worse or make yourself look better, chopping others down to pick yourself up, stepping on their neck to make yourself an inch taller. Um, all the same things, yeah, and all very revolting and, and all a big turnoff when you see that in someone else, especially when it's someone else you respect or love. Uh, it's got that extra bitterness to to seeing it, um, especially, especially when you notice it in yourself. And I try to be aware of that. I think all people do. Some are better at it than others, but I don't think any of us are impervious to it ever happening. And when you even see the, ink, the slightest bit of that show up in your own thoughts or behavior or words, it's just like, ooh, oh, oh. Uh, to me at least, I, I I'm instantly revolted by that in others and in myself. Um because what a what a bad thing that is. What what like a waste of energy, what a non productive pattern that is. And and uh, yeah, no reason to beat that dead horse. But um yeah. there's no benefit to be to be had there. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Also, Whose neck is only one inch thick? If you're standing on someone's neck, you only get an inch taller. The guy's got a fucking pencil neck. Maybe you should be standing on his neck.
1: Well, the point is, is that you squeeze the neck down until it actually crushes the um, the spinal cord, it gets to oh, the spinal cord, oh, and then so that's that's the inch. So the oh, so it's yeah. crushed
0: all the way down to only being an inch thick. Oh man, uh-huh. that dick move, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, on that happy note, we should wrap. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god we get into some fucking weird shit Derek. i look through i look forward to our conversations every week this is so much fun i love yeah, staying in touch with you same here. um more than we ever have in years this mm-hmm. podcast has been um a really great means for
1: for talking to you more often i love it yeah same here man it's one of my favorite days it is my who favorite else could day. i
0: who else could i talk to about our old friend butt sweat and poop flies <laughs> <But it's... laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, a salt gun. Gotta get the
0: salt gun. Oh, dude, buy a salt gun. Bug assault. Go to their website, nice. buy a salt shotgun. You will never regret it. It'll be one of the greatest purchases you've ever done. And your wife will see you in a whole new light. You'll be, you'll be a different level of man in your house when a fly comes into your house. Especially a fucking biting horsefly that, Jesus Christ, if anyone needs a salt shotgun, uh, it's you guys. Um, so be a hero. Buy a bug assault shotgun.
1: And they're not a sponsor, but if you want to be a sponsor, you can be.
0: They're like, well, we just got a free commercial. Why would we give you money? Why would we sponsor? You're promoting our product for free. And, and, yeah, rightfully so. We can erase so, it. Yeah. They have made, we could erase it. <laughs> uh, dude, they deserve the free promotion. They've made an incredible product. That's true. And, and, uh, I don't even know if this was an industry that existed. I've never heard of any other salt shotgun meant for killing bugs, but brilliant. It's both fun and, uh, effective. And, goddamn blow a fly away
1: have a great day hey, amen but don't
0: step on spiders that's a dick move
1: yeah. i don't right? have anything else to say but i agree yeah <laughs> i guess i'm just a little uh, bit buzzed here i'm just like oh uh, oh derek spaden derek yeah. spaden <laughs> all right brother
0: well ton of fun talking to you have a you great too, re- man. weekend and uh we'll talk to you next week sounds good brother <laughs> hey this is mike Thanks a lot for listening. We really hope you're enjoying the show. We have a great time doing it for you. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Derek and Mike Pod or on our website, DerekAndMike.com. And uh, don't forget to subscribe or follow the show in your podcast app. That would be super cool. Helps us out a ton. And it also makes sure that you get notified every time we put out a new episode. Also, if you know of anyone else who might like the show, share it with a friend. Tell someone who might dig it. That would be super cool. We'd really appreciate any support you can give us. Uh, We really appreciate you, and we can't wait to talk to you next time. And until then, have a good one.